Hey everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons and we're so glad to have you with us today here in the House of Faith. We have been in a series here on Legacy TV for the last couple of weeks that we're calling Living Legacy. And that word legacy, as you know, is, is a significant word to us. The concept, the idea of what it means is a big deal to us. That's why we're called Legacy Television. That's why we publish a magazine called The Legacy Letter. And that word has been a big deal to us for, the, I'd say, the last nine, almost 10 years now, because we're going all the way back to when Sarah and I launched into our own ministry, Pearson's Ministries International, and we built it on that concept and that idea. And the word legacy just simply means something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor or from the past. Or simply put, it's something given from one generation to the next. And we live with that. That's a big deal in our hearts. That's a big deal in our minds because Sarah and I both come from families that have so richly blessed us, blessed us with a lot of different things, materially, financially, in so many different ways. But the thing that she and I both love and value the most that we receive from our parents, our grandparents, is not any kind of natural blessing, is not any kind of material thing. It's the same spirit of faith that they lived in and walked by and preached and have preached and continue to preach. It's that same spirit of faith that we're living in and living with now. And I want to read this quote to you from Brother Billy Graham. He once said, The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is a legacy of character and faith. I love that so much because that, I just couldn't agree with it more. The greatest thing that, that somebody could give their kids or their grandkids is not not, not a huge bank account, not a big trust fund. Those things are wonderful. Those things are great, but they don't compare to the value of leaving a legacy of faith and teaching somebody how to live and to walk by faith. And the reason I bring this up to you right now is because Sarah and I, along with our team here at Pearson's Ministries and several others that are coming to help us, we're moving the ministry and we're headed to the mountains of Colorado and we're launching Legacy Church. And we're aimed at the fall of this year. There's a lot of work to be done on the property the Lord's given to us. It's a big piece of property right on Highway 24 as you leave Colorado Springs, headed towards Woodland Park, Colorado. We're about halfway between there and the Lord's given us a lot of acreage, a big building, uh, needs a lot of love, needs a lot of work, but I'm telling you, we are up for it. We've got the faith for it. And a big reason we've got the faith for it is because that's what's been put in us by the generations that have gone before us. In the weeks past, we've looked at various scriptures. The book of Hebrews chapter 13 talks to us about remembering those who have the rule over us, who have spoken the word of God to you. And he says, whose faith follow? Follow that faith. And that's exactly what we're doing as we step this next step of faith in launching Legacy Church. And what we've been doing together over the last several weeks is talking about living legacy. In other words, finding those things that are at the heart of Legacy Church. What does it mean to live legacy? For those who are going to be a part of the outreach of this church, who will be a part of this local family of believers, what does that mean to live legacy? Well, let me read to you the mission statement as the Lord has given it to us. And what's at the heartbeat of this church? At the heart of Legacy Church is the unyielding conviction that Jesus was, is, 
and will always be the answer because He is Jesus for every generation. This local church with a global call will serve as a platform from which we reach the nations, serving our generation with the Word of God, teaching them how to walk by faith, how to experience whole life prosperity, and how to raise a family in the house of faith. These things right here are what's at the heart of Legacy Church. And so when I talk to you about living legacy, these are the things that I'm talking about. These are the things that have been preached by the generations before us, that have been lived and walked out by parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. It's a big part of the reason it's so big in us. We're mindful of it mostly because now Sarah and I have the next generation growing up in our house. Little Justice, little Jesse, who aren't as little as they used to be. They're being raised in the house of faith. And we are cultivating the same atmosphere in our home. And I, you know, I've said it to our staff and I've said it to others. And I'll be bold enough to say it right now on international television. I will say that our motive behind starting and launching Legacy Church is for our kids. It's for our kids. We want them to have a house the house of faith to grow up in, the same way that Sarah and I did. It's for our kids. It's for the children uh, of our team and our, our staff. And it's for the families of any who will come and be a part of this local church with a global call. So what we've been doing over the last couple of weeks is focusing on one facet of this mission statement at a time. And last week we talked about what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. And how simply our lives are supposed to be lived as that ongoing conversation between grace and faith. And like I said, that's what's going on in our house right now. We're teaching our kids, we're learning still ourselves what it means to live and to walk by faith. And, and it's so funny to hear our kids preach it back to us. I mean, you, maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but it's been a year, maybe two ago now, Sarah and I had Justice in the car and we were on our way to an appointment somewhere and picked up some food on the way. And I handed him his lunch and as we drive away, he gets his lunch out of the sack and out of the back seat, I hear this then maybe six-year-old little boy say, grilled cheese sandwich, you cool down now in Jesus' name. And we laughed about it. I mean, it's one of those stories. He gets so embarrassed to hear it, but we love it. Well, you know what? It's probably only in the house of faith where a six-year-old gives the faith command to a grilled cheese sandwich. Well, what's he doing? He doesn't know he's being silly. He's just watching mom and dad. He's just watching us use our words and coming into agreement with each other, coming into agreement with God and His Word and watching things change as the result of it. This is what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. Little things, simple things, it's all just a response to the grace of God. You're saved this way by grace through faith. You access all the grace. You do it by faith. And the same truth that you were born again by is the truth that you live life by. So that's what we focused on so much last week. I want to move on in this. In the next, the next facet of this mission statement, we're, we're not just serving our generation with the word to teach them to live by faith. We also want to teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity. 
how to experience a whole life prosperity. Look at the book of 3 John with me. Again, familiar scripture. There's nothing new in what I'm telling you. But I want you to see this in 3 John, beginning in verse 1. Notice this. It's the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. You know, these little words, these, these little details, they're not insignificant. Who is this coming from? It's coming from the elder. In other words, it's coming from one generation to the next generation. And notice what he says. Beloved, verse 2, I pray that you may prosper, check this out, in all things. I pray that you would prosper in how many things? All things. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And when you talk about prosperity, and I grew up in a house, man, and we talked about it, we believed it, and it was being preached from the platforms of the services that I sat in, and I'm telling you, I sat in some services, baby. Let me tell you, I I was halfway tempted to write a book one time called My Life on the Front Row, The Trials and Triumphs of a Full-Time Preacher's Kid. That was me. I mean, it was right there when the doors were open. We were in church. We were in meetings. We were in conferences. We were in conventions. We traveled. It wasn't, just a, it wasn't just a Sunday thing for us. We were all over the place. And one of the things that I heard about so much in that house and from those platforms and those services was that it was God's will and is God's will to prosper you. That Jesus actually came to give you life and life more abundantly that God does take pleasure in the prosperity of his servants and that God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, I heard these things growing up so much, but you got to be watchful over how you hear something. That's what Jesus said. Take heed how you hear. And like me, millions of others have heard these truths concerning God's plan and desire to prosper his people. But if you're not careful, you'll hear it and you'll hear talk, somebody talk to you about prosperity. And if you're not watchful, you'll immediately think money. And I've done this experiment before with people in services. And I've said a prosperous person is somebody with a whole lot of, and I fill in the blank, and nearly everybody in the church shouts out money. Well, money is certainly a part of our prosperity, But it is not first. It's not foremost. And every time somebody fills in that blank with the word money, I always say to them, that's interesting. Why didn't you say peace? Because somebody with a lot of peace, according to Scripture, is a prosperous person. All you'd have to do is go through the book of Proverbs, and I've done this, highlight, underline, draw your attention every time you see a Scripture that identifies something as greater than gold, more costly than silver, worth more than rubies. And then look and find out what that thing is. And then realize, okay, if I've got that, I'm a prosperous person. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that that finances and money is not a part of God's plan to prosper you. It absolutely is. But I am telling you that perhaps one of the reasons you're not experiencing more monetary or financial or material blessing is because you have valued those things higher than some of these other things that God puts more value on. So you've got to understand 
what makes you prosperous in God's eyes, what's valuable to him and whatever's valuable to him must become valuable to us. And when we get that right, then it opens the door for him to bless you and pour out a blessing on you in these other arenas of life as well. But notice again, what did he say? I pray that you'd prosper in all things. He's talking to us about a whole life prosperity. And that's what's what's at the heart of Legacy Church, teaching people how to experience a whole life prosperity. That is prosperity, spirit, soul, and body. That's materially, financially, in the flesh. But there is a prosperity that you and I are called to experience first before we ever get to that. See, people want to rearrange that order, especially when it comes to prosperity. They want some of that body prosperity first, some of that natural, material, financial prosperity first. And though that is a part of it, it's not first. Do you hear me? It's not first. Spirit, soul, and body. That's why he said, I pray that you'd be in health, prosper and be in health, just as your soul prospers. So John, the elder, and again, this is coming from the voice of experience, not just the voice of age, but somebody who has spent time with Jesus, spent time in the presence of our Savior. This is somebody who from experience can tell you what's actually valuable. And that's what I so appreciate about the generations that have come before me. You know, the the Bible says in the book of Psalms, In chapter 145, verse 4, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. That's Psalm 145, 4. I love that because I feel like I've experienced that. And I realize not everybody has. And that's why I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. But I have the generations that have gone before me that have declared to me, not just in church and not just in services, but from the living room couch, and they have declared the, the marvels and the wonders and the miracles of God. And they've said, God, they've said, Jeremy, God so loves us. He gave us Jesus. And if he didn't spare Jesus, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Again, there's that whole life prosperity. And that is the job of every generation. Every generation has on it the assignment to declare to another generation His mighty acts. And that's what this church is all about. That's what's at the heart of Legacy Church. And to to teach people how to walk by faith and to teach them how to experience this whole life prosperity. How to walk in this. This is going to be one of those things. If you ever come to this church, if you, if you ever come to visit or, or if you sense the Lord leading you to come be a part of this local family, this is going to be one of those things that you hear on an ongoing basis. How do we prosper in this whole life prosperity? How do we prosper spirit, soul, and body? I want to show you a, a good example of what I'm talking to, you about, talking to you about. This is in the life of Jesus and in His ministry. Go to the book of Luke with me. Chapter 12, what I'm telling you is that the needs of man are not just natural. 
They are spirit, soul, and body. And we, as believers and people who believe the Word of God, we minister first and foremost to what we believe is the greatest need that man has, and that is not natural but spiritual. We believe that if you get that spiritual need met, then the overflow will meet the needs in your soul and in your body. See, we put these things in the order God put them in, spirit, soul, and body. So we minister, and it's a good thing to minister to the natural needs of men. It's a good thing to feed people, to clothe people, to house people. These things are wonderful, and we do that. We support those who do. But our assignment specifically as ministers of the gospel is to minister first and foremost to the spiritual needs of man. Because if you can prosper spirit, soul, and body, the flip side of that is that you can be in poverty spirit, soul, and body. And that is the condition of most of the world. It's the condition of all men and women who don't know Jesus. I don't care how much money they have or don't have. If you don't have him, you are broke spiritually. You are in poverty in your soul and in your body. I want to show this to you in the book of Luke chapter 12. In verse 13, Jesus had been preaching along in the verses prior to this and saying some life-changing things, some eternity-altering truths. And in verse 13, somebody from the crowd interrupts all of that and says, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So he's come to Jesus and he's sort of done with everything Jesus has been saying. And he's, he interrupts him with this, what kind of problem? It's a money problem. And he says, Teacher, tell my brother. So who's he fighting with here? his brother, tell my brother to divide the money with me, divide the inheritance with me. Now, what you have to understand about this particular passage of Scripture, this account took place, and this was written so long ago, long, long, long ago, back at a time in human history when families used to fight about money. What are you laughing at? Oh, you, you think maybe that's still happening today? You think maybe this scripture is actually relevant for families today? You better believe it is. It absolutely is relevant. These same things are dividing families and brothers today the same way they did on this day. Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus said to him, man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you, take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. I like the New Living Translation that says, life is not measured by how much you own. See what's going on right now in this man he thinks his greatest need is that inheritance money. Get me that money. But just in that one statement, what do you know? He came to Jesus and said, teacher, tell my brother. So right now you know this, he and his brother are at odds. There's strife there between them. They're not speaking. He's come to get Jesus to talk to him because I ain't, I ain't talking to you anymore. What, and what got between them? Money. But notice this, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So would it stand to reason that the reason they have this money in the first place to fight over, if it's inheritance, then evidently dad just died. 
I mean, I know it doesn't say that here in the scripture, but it would, would it be a, a stretch <clears throat> to assume that that's what's happened here? What happens to a person and where does an individual feel it, if you will, at the loss of a father when there's been death in the family? Where is a person most impacted? It's in the soul. They get hit hard in the soul. And when these brothers are fighting, this guy and his brother, yeah, they may think they're fighting over money, but they're not, they're not broke financially. They're broke in the soul. And what we have an assignment to do is to teach people how to prosper in the soul. And Jesus even went on to give this guy and everybody there listening this parable about the rich man. You remember this in Luke 12, who, whose, whose ground had yielded plentif plentifully and he didn't have enough room to store everything. So he said, what I'm going to do is tear down these barns and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there I will store all my stuff. And he said in verse 19, this rich man in this parable said, I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have laid up? And Jesus said, so is he a fool who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. See, this man's problem was in his soul. And, this, and the guy who came to Jesus with the money problem, Jesus is helping him identify, hey man, you don't have a money problem. You got a soul problem. You need to start prospering on the inside before you're ever going to start prospering on the outside. You see, people have to be taught these things. And that's why we're excited at the launch of Legacy Church because it's our opportunity to teach people how to live in a, and experience a whole life prosperity, how to prosper spirit, soul, and body materially and financially. And Jesus said, you're a fool if you got a bunch of stuff, but you're, you don't have a rich relationship with God. That's at the heartbeat of this church, to teach people to how, to how to have a rich and thriving fellowship and relationship with God through His Word and by His Spirit. That's the heartbeat of this church. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.